coming up. White British camp. Love that. (laughs) (laughs) White British camp sounds like the worst holiday camp ever. A Gay and a Non-Gay is a podcast from James Barr and Dan Hudson. They're like a lovely little couple, except they're not. Today on A Gay and a Non-Gay, he's an icon in the business of inclusion in business. His book title made me laugh out loud, and he's in with the Queen. Please welcome Suki Sanju, OBE, to Again and Ongay. Thank you for having me. This is very exciting. Yeah. This is very exciting. <laughs> I love the title of your book, A Judgment-Free Guide to Diversity and Inclusion for Straight White Men. Yeah, James James saw the title, and straight away he was like, we've got to get this guy on the podcast. <laughs> book him now. Before yeah. he even read anything else. <laughs> welcome to Again and Ongay. Actually, I want to know what makes you an expert in straight white men. What do you think? Well, it's, it's not an expert in straight white men. It's more about, <laughs> about what they need to do to be more inclusive, mm. I would say. Yeah. So knowing about the different needs and challenges of different communities, I think that's where we're the expert. Like, I'm not claiming to know, know how every straight white guy thinks and, and feels, but just also trying to bring them along on this journey. That how's was my, the key thing. How's my straight white man doing? I think he's doing a great job. <laughs> Do you think? Yeah. Oh, that but, makes me happy. I mean, Thanks even so like the, the title of your um, podcast, that's pretty brave, I think, for a, a non gay person to have that in the title yeah i mean so i think you're doing very well is it do you think it is i think so yeah because so many straight white men are very can be quite uncomfortable about their sexuality right yeah like around and particularly being even associated with the word gay and gay remember still being used as a slur oh that's so gay i mean it's changing a lot now with the next generation coming coming in and obviously a lot more um homophobia being called out but yeah i think actually it shows your confidence in your own sexuality and identity so i think it's great Thanks very much. I'll give you a pat on the back. He is also non-gay, so it's he's not gay. <laughs> oh, sorry. I thought, oh, yeah. Yeah. You so, were the gay. <laughs> so I guess it's not that scary, but I do know what you're saying because, yeah, being associated with a gay person, that's that can be scary for yeah, straight men. Yeah, it can. Men. It really can. So, I mean, I think, it, I think you two have a wonderful relationship. Oh, well, thank <laughs> you. <laughs> it was really interesting getting the book deal because there were a lot of publishers that didn't like it. Because it had straight white men in the title. Yeah. They wanted it just to be a judgment-free guy for diversity and inclusion. And we're like, great, but it's for straight white men. Yeah. We need them to read it. So can't we just say what it does on the tin? We've had that as well. I think straight white men have a lot of shame about being straight white men. And don't like the title. But that's also why, very specifically, it's a judgment-free guide. Right. Because actually, straight white men do get hit over the head a lot. Yeah. Around what happens in business. And the point of our book was to encourage them positively and constructively to take action because a lot of them want to do something they just don't know how so for each section we've got like practical actions they can take for each subject what prompted you to write this book i've been in the world of exec search recruitment diversity inclusion for like it's going to be 20 years next summer oh wow scarily one thing i've learned over the years is that we're not going to solve the problem on our own So when we do lots of events or programs, we're always working with diverse individuals, be it women, people of color or LGBT plus. So usually we're preaching to the converted, like they get it. Although we do know homophobia exists in the LGBT plus community, sexism, racism, all those things. Mm -hmm. Generally, we're preaching to the converted. So what we need is the majority, i.e. straight white men, who make up almost about 70% of the workforce. And obviously, as you climb higher in business, that percentage is even higher because there's fewer, there's less diversity at the top. So we're like, what can we do to encourage them to take action? Because we work with a lot of chairmen and CEOs who are largely 
I would say supposedly straight white men. Some of them are a little <laughs> bit dubious. But, you know, they are generally straight white men who want to do something but just don't know how. Also, they're always scared of doing things. They don't want to do the wrong thing because of our cancel culture that we have. So genuinely, we wanted something that would be like a learning tool for this community to take action and see the change that we need. Mm. That's kind of why it was set up. And that's why we hope it's going to be something that's going to be used in businesses for them to generally learn from. So you mentioned you've been in this world for, for 20 years or so. What are the kind of challenges that you've experienced and, uh, and, and had to go through during this time? It's varied over the years because I would say I didn't come out of the closet until my second year working. Right. So I was always in the closet, although some people would say I was never in the closet. Um, but like I... see-through closet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Closet. <laughs> um, so when I started my first job in this big recruitment um, firm, I was in the closet and it was only when I was their global top performer out of like 4,000 people globally that I had the confidence to come out and be gay. And so prior to that, I would definitely experience lots of like homophobic banter within the workplace. And interestingly, I would say my race is something that I feel like I've never really seen professionally be an issue. I've never really experienced any racism or anything. It's more around the sexuality, homophobic side. Obviously, it's different in society where I have been called homophobic slurs walking down the street. And for me, I'm a bit of a fighter. I'm a working class boy from Derby. So if anyone says anything to me, I want to fight back. Whereas my friends are like, pull you back to just ignore them and take the higher ground. Because that whole like, you know, when they go low we go high yeah, sometimes yeah, yeah, i want to yeah. go lower <laughs> but you know you don't because you have to be a good person you are not michelle obama <laughs> exactly <laughs> so yeah so generally i'd say my experience has been quite good and for me i know what it was like being in the closet and having to hide your identity changing what you did at the weekend changing maybe your partner's pronoun even like with my husband so we've together 16 years and for the first i would say five years he didn't even meet my parents because I was too scared to even tell my parents, really, that I had a husband, let alone a white German Catholic husband. <laughs> so I was a bit terrified of that. And actually, but now, if I roll forward to now, I mean, my mum and dad, like, call him son. He's, like, part of the family. They probably love him more than they do me, quite frankly. <laughs> but, you know, it's it's really amazing how you see time. Time is a really good healer and it changes things. But for me, I just wanted to make sure that everyone has a fair chance to be who they are. And now I've got like seven nieces and nephews. I'm on a mission to accelerate that change because when they enter the workplace, I want them to have the same opportunities as everyone else. That's kind of what drives me more than anything. What was your parents' reaction when you first told them that you were not only gay, but you had a secret husband and that they weren't <laughs> at the wedding? So <laughs> my mum found out first. I remember telling her on, on a Sunday morning on our sofa. And I don't think she quite understood what I was trying to tell her because... She doesn't really know the gay community. She's come from India. She came over in her early 20s. The only gay stuff she knows is stuff she watches on EastEnders, which she religiously watches each week, which is why, again, media representation is really important because those kind of characters do feed into people's mindsets when I think of my mum. So when, when she had finally clicked that I was telling her that, I was gonna, that I'm gay, her first reaction was kind of like, well, you can still get married. So it's one thing that Indian parents really care about is their kids getting married. And I was like, I can, but not to who you think I'm going to get married to, which made me think... How many other people does she know who are gay that are in like marriages when they're not actually supposed to be in that marriage? So she specifically meant you can still get married to a woman. Exactly. And hide it. And she was like, oh, you know, we can get you a doctor. We'll get you some tablets. You can get fixed. You'll be OK. <laughs> right. This is while she's crying her eyes out. <laughs> and then but my dad didn't find out until a few years afterwards where I didn't even have the bravery to tell my dad because my dad is quite a masculine man. He's quite tough as nails. And he's that's probably where I get it from. But 
I just couldn't do it. So I wrote him a letter, which my brother gave to him. And apparently when my dad opened it, his first reaction was he's always known. And secondly, he was worried about what my mum would think. And by then, my mum already knew. He didn't know that. But then we pretended that they found out at the same time (laughs) because my dad would get a bit annoyed. And ever since then, it's kind of just been building bridges amongst our community. And even in my huge extended family, I'm still the only one that's openly LGBT+. which is definitely not true there must be others but I'm the only one that's been able to do that even now and that that kind of saddens me a little bit I wish there were more that could be more openly LGBT plus because we need more um, queer people of colour as as ambassadors and representatives in our community I always feel really jealous of people that have a gay brother when they're gay or a gay <laughs> sister or a gay sibling. I have a gay distant cousin. Yeah. And it was amazing meeting them. So I was like, oh my God, there's another gay in the family. Finally, yeah. Um, with that in mind, what advice do you have for people both in business and outside of it who are in the closet and don't feel free to be themselves? My advice is, first of all, coming out is really personal. So don't ever feel pressure that you have to come out. It might feel like the end of the world when you do do it, but actually... People probably react far better than you think they're going to. But the important thing is having that support network around you, be it like a friend or an ally if it's in the workplace or trying to connect with others around you so that you're not alone. We have a real issue, particularly with the pandemic and remote working and lockdowns, etc. that we had to deal with. That sense of loneliness you can feel in our community is something that's really hard to solve. One thing that we're very good, good at as an LGBT plus community is creating that support structure around you. Because I think when we are going to come out to our family, we all worry about being rejected by everyone. So we go twice as hard to build that network around you. So I think build that network around you, support. And then come out in your own time because it's all really personal and no one should feel pressure to do it. And it's like you should never ask anyone if they're LGBT plus. It's one of the most offensive things that you can do. Yeah, I do agree, actually. You can't go up to someone and go, are you gay? Although I definitely have done that. (laughs) (laughs) I think. It's like like when when I get asked, oh, where are you from? And I'm like, I'm from Derby. Yeah. (laughs) No, where are you really from? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, I'm from Derbyshire in the Midlands. Do you mean my heritage? Like if you want to know my heritage, ask me my heritage. I will tell you that my parents are from India. But the other way to do that, say, hey, my name's Suki. My parents are from India. I grew up in Derby. Would love to know more about you. Yeah. So you've given them those, those bits of information or data for them to respond with the same. And if they don't want to, don't force it. And actually in the book, there's a section where we say, you know, when we do pronouns like he, him, his, she, her, etc. With race being such a complex, sensitive subject... We've suggested in the book that why don't we put our race, ethnicity and nationality, like our pronouns, on an email signature so you're offering it to people voluntarily so that they can maybe put it on theirs as well. Because that's one of the big um, complexities of race is people get it confused, race, ethnicity and nationality. So I feel like we need to kind of broaden the conversation a bit more. Yeah, you're okay. You just hit with yes. us. <laughs> <laughs> sure, watch again. <laughs> <laughs> but you're right in that it opens up a conversation for other people and makes them safe in the same way the pronouns do. But then that was the heart, and I know you probably don't want to get into a debate about this, but that whole Adele thing where right. Adele was talking about being proud to be a woman, the trans community didn't actually have an issue with it. It was the media that were making a big deal of Absolutely. it. Absolutely. That was the, there's nothing wrong with her being proud to be a woman. It doesn't take away any trans rights whatsoever. But there is such a backlash in the media for the trans community that we have to be better allies for that community to spot that kind of discrimination when we see it. 
And that's the other thing is about actually calling things out when you do see it and calling it what it is. Mm. So like trying to use euphemistic language when someone's being racist, call it racist. Yeah. If someone's being homophobic, call it homophobia. We just have to stop being so euphemistic in our language. Because mm. otherwise I- we're never going to never gonna stop it if we don't call it out. And there has to be consequences. It's like saying someone's camp rather than saying they're gay. Like, yes. That's homophobic. Exactly. Right. Absolutely. Unless someone likes to be called camp. Yeah, I'm going to add that to my, uh, to my email <laughs> signatures as well. <laughs> White British camp. Love that. <laughs> White British camp sounds like the worst holiday camp ever. <laughs> we'll take a quick break there, maybe. Back in a sec. Okay, we're back with uh, Suki Sandu. You obviously do a lot of work with businesses yeah. who want to address their issues with inclusion and diversity. Can you tell from the outset whether they really want to do it or whether they've just sort of been pushed into it by one of their bosses or, or the workforce? Is it obvious straight away? It depends on who you're talking to. Because in some instances, let's say we're, we're being invited to meet a chairman or a CEO, right? That's some big FTSE 100 chairman or CEO. If we've been referred to them by another chairman... And normally it is a man, which is why I'm using chairman. There's very few chairwomen um, in the FTSE. Then usually they want to do something different. So they're wanting to take action in the right way. If, for instance, say it's the CHRO, like the HR leader that's introducing us, and sometimes they're having to force it upon the CEO or the chairman, that's when it's a slightly more challenging meeting. We won't know until we're in that room or virtual room. Because you definitely have instances where that's been the case. And you can just tell us that there that, let's say they need to hire a, a new person to their C-suite or leadership team and the CEO just keeps saying, well, you know, you want the best person for the job. And I'm like, so do we. <laughs> we just want you to have more choice. Yeah. So you're not just, it's the, not the same usual suspects. So when you keep hearing that, you can already see they're thinking, God, if they do diversity hiring, they're going to be compromising on quality, which is complete BS. All we're trying to do is widen the gate, not lower the bar. That's ultimately just trying to bring more choice to them so that we can get more racial diversity, women and LGBT plus representation into the boardroom and leadership teams. So you can usually tell. And for me, we do great meetings with clients all day, every day. And my team might be like afterwards when we debrief, oh, that was an amazing meeting. Can't wait to work with them. And I'm like, okay, great. Let's wait and see what they do afterwards. What are the actions they take? For me, it's about actions, not words. And that is a really big indication when you know they're going to do it. But there are also a lot of companies that do do a lot who should also be like celebrated for the work they're doing because they are genuinely investing in diversity and inclusion and see it as an investment. They don't see it as a cost or discretionary spend. So the pandemic was quite telling of companies where on the one hand, they're saying it's really important, mental health, people working at home, loneliness, but then they're slashing inclusion budgets or reducing the diversity and inclusion headcount because they are trying to save costs. So like, what are the priorities and what's important? So you can definitely tell more through the actions they take than through the words that they say. A gay and a non-gay. We know pronouns are important. What is another super easy thing that straight white men can do to be more inclusive? I think symbols are really important. So what we need um, from straight white men is is for them to act as allies. So what does allyship look like? Yes, you can put your pronouns on your signature. You could even just simply put on your signature, I'm proud to be an ally. It's little things like that. If you think about 
than trying to does, does he not have it on his signature? i just i, I mean i'm gonna get to that you you finish <laughs> and then we'll chat <laughs> um so it's having like even just i'm proud to be an ally with maybe the rainbow flag on there making sure the rainbow flag is the latest one including the black and brown stripe and the trans flag too the progress flag exactly so one that's more inclusive and then when it comes to race i think the it, the really key thing is being brave and comfortable to have the conversation. Because I think with race, I think a lot of straight white guys are so scared to say the wrong thing when it comes to race that they don't say anything at all. And actually that lack of conversation, dialogue, empathy is a huge issue. So you can do a similar thing where with um, straight white men and, and the race com- racial community, remember race is very complex in the fact you have say black, You've got Asian, and when you break those down, you've got African, Caribbean, Indian, Pakistani, Chinese. It's more complex, I would say, than say LGBT plus to an extent because of all the difference between the races. But um, being an ally means you're actively participating in those communities. What are you doing to support them? So the last chapter of the book actually is around sponsorship because we feel like sponsorship is like the biggest thing that a straight white guy can do to support someone that's different to them. And what sponsorship means, sponsorship is different to mentorship. So a mentor shows you the door. They give you guidance and direction. A sponsor opens the door. So they're about genuinely championing you in your career, introducing you to the right people in the business to give you projects and opportunities, talking to you about you really positively when you're not in the room to help you navigate your career and accelerate it. It's almost like mentorship 2.0. Going back to your ally comment, I think Dan would admit well actually dan how did you feel about that how did i feel about what well so dan and i had this like long raging argument that it's definitely resolved now about allyship and whether you should call yourself an ally and dan i would say disagrees with saying i'm an ally because maybe it seems performative but i don't want to put words in his mouth so um i also don't really want to reopen the the museum, no, but it's of, museum of arguments but. it's interesting though because that's such a uh, like i side with what you're saying about saying i'm an ally using that flag and, and allowing people to sort of see your support for that community but i also see dan's perspective too i think in respect of that do you think twitter and facebook and everyone should like issue you know like there's a blue tick do you think yeah. there should be like a rainbow tick so it's like I mean, oh that, we're that gonna call you sound, an ally that sounds like a great idea <laughs> I love that. I think that would be fun. Why yeah. not? Okay, well, I'm going to give you a rainbow <laughs> tick, Dan. Thanks. There you no, go. I think that's a great... You should actually <laughs> pitch that to Meta. Do you think? And to Twitter. Yeah, why not? I think that's a great idea, particularly for Pride Month and LGBT History Month. Well, let's pitch it together. Sugi's got all the hookups, so we can... We, right. We can, <laughs> we can make ra- make it rain. Make it rain with whoever, 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 we, whoever we need to. Got a lot of business ideas. Have you? Two unlikely friends take on the world. Why do you prefer LGBT plus to LGBTQ plus? No, no particular reason. The important thing is that you have the plus. So whether you have the Q in it or not, it's just making sure that there's the plus there because there are so many letters after the T that actually it gets quite confusing even for our own community. Like, I don't know every single letter that's out there. I definitely There's don't. new identities that are coming out all the time. So, you know, we were just trying to make the most... We, we switched to LGBT plus probably around seven years ago. And we we're probably one of the first inclusion organizations to do so to encompass as many communities as possible because it just keeps growing and growing as our community gets more and more diverse and more brave in in accepting and showing their identities. Meanwhile, BAME, that's that's out the Big door. Big no-no. Yeah? Yeah. It sounds like an STD. <laughs> BAME. My name's Suki and I'm BAME. Don't you think? It's like I, you need I mean, to go I think it clinic. sounds like... Um... <laughs> 
<laughs> like babe almost i really really no it's a big no-no there's something that we need to stop using and and again again it varies depending on where you are in the world so let's just take uk and the us they have no idea what babe means yeah but in the us they will tend to use like people of color or even african-american or black but then obviously the black community that aren't african heritage don't like being called african-american whereas here you probably would say racially diverse or ethnic minorities. It's kind of the language that it's moving towards. But again, this is why race is quite complex because the language itself is a bit of a minefield. It's always evolving. So we have to constantly keep educating and engaging ourselves on how the language is changing. Do keep us in the loop. <laughs> <laughs> I will do. As things change, let us know what we can and can't do. <laughs> I will do. No, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank you. And Sugi's book, A Judgment-Free Guide to Diversity and Inclusion for Straight White Men, is out now. Um, pick it up at all good bookstores, right? Yes, Or, or online. Just, just, I, I'm including online Oh, of course you are, yeah. Thanks for listening, babes. Do the admin and support a gay and a non-gay? Visit gaynongay.com slash donate.